It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. When it's your winning season, don't hold anything back. The devil is a lie. Here's your host, Angel Nicole. The devil is a lie. Life is a constant flow of change. We have moments when we're up in those dreadful days we could care less to talk about. There's a reason and a season for everything. And God doesn't reveal it all when you want it revealed. A lot of times you have to sit in that season and you don't know anything. You don't know nothing. And then months later it's revealed why God had you sit in that season. Whether it's that season of anger, whether it's that season of depression, whether it's that season of guilt, whether it's a season of anxiety, there was something and a reason why you had to sit in that season. And it's usually revealed later. And that's where the breakthrough is. Be patient, because there's a reason for everything. That's a clip I snagged from Angela White's Instagram page to give you an idea of the gems she periodically drops to her audience. Angela is a motivator, clearly, but a producer, director, and mentor by trade. She's worked behind the scenes on a number of television shows, movies, and even short films. She even teaches people how to make money in the stock market. Today, she's agreed to spend some time sharing how she's established a thriving career in the entertainment industry and through her side hustles. The best part is she's going to tell you how you can make it in any industry that you desire. Please help me welcome Angela White to the show. Hey, Angela. Hey, Angel. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, Angela, clearly I follow you on Instagram, and I must say, you are a constant burst of inspiration. Talk to us about some of the projects that you're currently working on. Yeah, no, uh, God's blessed me to really work hard in the TV arena. So I just wrapped a new TV show called A La Carte that will be on All Black, which is through AMC. Um, I have a current TV show on called Lace on the same network. Wrapped a movie called The Inspection that stars Jeremy Pope and Gary Barrel Union. I did that all last year, and now I'm about to start a brand new TV show. And so God's blessed me to do a lot of TV shows in the last two and a half years. Now, you talked a lot about the last two years, right? Two mm-hmm. and a half years. And and that time frame is right in the heart of dealing with COVID. How has the media industry been impacted by COVID and even, you know, you just being able to maintain uh, work in the industry? Yeah, the industry was impacted heavily last March where pretty much the whole industry shut down. Uh, So that was a big hit for the industry, for people behind the scenes who don't necessarily have the same type of pension health 
and savings account as, say, an actor or, or other players in the industry. So it affected everybody. We were temporarily out of work for about three months, and the industry started picking back up last August and October. And for the most part, we were declared essential workers at some point at the end of last year, so we can work no matter what in case they ever shut down again. And now the industry has so much work, there's not enough people to hire. So that, that's how it is. It's feast or fathom, and um, now it's a feast. Uh, literally, everybody and their mother is shooting content because there's so much content that's needed due to the pandemic. Most people have gone through everything on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. So now they're looking for content in, in high demand. So the industry is doing really well right now. It's thriving pretty much for anybody. Anybody can get in the industry right now and find a job. But was there ever a point where you were like, oh my goodness, like I got bills that I got to pay. I, I need work. Or no. were you always good? Always good. Because one thing, I have a school called Backstage Pass the Movie Industry, and then I have a stock market group called Wealth Builders. We are in the business of making wealth regardless of anything that happens in the industry. In fact, my schools thrived. You know, during COVID, most online businesses increased by 10 times revenue. So did I. So everybody was home. Everybody was stuck at home. So my online business, the first one, Backstage Pass to the Movie Industry, we got more students than ever. And that's one of my bread and butters. Um, then I have Wealth Builders which teaches people the stock market. Stock market doesn't close because of COVID. Not at all, not affected. It's effective, but not like that. You know, people make money 365 days a year. And also in Wealth Builders, we, we do real estate. Real estate's always been my bread and butter way before I ever even came to Los Angeles, California. I was buying property in 97. And I still bought a bunch of property last year during COVID. In fact, that was the best time to find property. So no, for me, when the industry stopped in March, I was kind of excited to get a break. I had a movie premiere on Lifetime called A Question of Faith last April. Then in May and June and July, we just got a surge of business from online. So we were really kind of crazy and busy. And, and now what I'm proud about, more people of color than ever are trading the stock market. And so even if I have a little bit to do with that, and even with my school, um, I'm really excited. You know, We have tons of people of color who never knew anything about the stock market when the whole industry shut down or when the whole economy shut down, guess what people gravitated towards? They started looking for businesses that they can do from their home. And e-commerce blew up. Uh, also, investing grew up. So let me ask this. With your programs, how did you market them so that they could be successful and so people could know about them? Yeah, so we always do um, advertisements. We always do mailers. And our email list is king. Um, I always tell people that your email list is where you will find your money. And then word of mouth is huge. I became very big on Clubhouse out of nowhere last year, me and a group of other people. So we were doing all these free Clubhouses where we were talking to people. And I was getting like 40 students every time I spoke. It was really kind of crazy. I'm not on Clubhouse anymore because I've just gone back to a normal life. Yeah. Uh, last year when... Clubhouse kind of blew up when people were all stuck at home. It was just an easy way to access people. So basically being present, being on social media, I get most of my business from social media, in particular Instagram, and I don't have to advertise a lot. I advertise my work. My work speaks for itself. That's how the business comes. That's why you can't be a fake person in this game doing it. If you want to learn from somebody, you got to learn from somebody really doing it. And if you're really doing it, all you got to do is show what you're doing. The business will come. Every time I post myself on a movie set, business is going to come because people are like, well, she's actually working. Let me see what she's doing. I'm in the media on some type of announcement in the, for almost every month for the last five months. 
people read. People are like, oh, who is this person I keep seeing associated with these different TV shows or projects? Let me go find them. So I always tell people, do the work and the business will come. And I can't stress that because when COVID happened, that was the best thing that ever happened for my online business. And I think most people I met, that's what happened with them too. Because now people were home. They can actually tune in. I was already doing Zoom. That was the first time some people heard of Zoom. I was doing Zoom since 2017. Zoom wasn't new to me. I already had my system set up since 2017. Whether it was ConvertKit, whether it's Kajabi, whether it's Squarespace, all these things that Canva that people didn't know about, uh, we've been teaching that since 2018. So when COVID came, we not only were prepared, we were a little ahead of the game of a lot of programs. A lot of people were the first time trying to figure out a class and set up a program. We were already doing that. Right. Me, meaning me and my team. And so when it COVID hit, it just kind of exploded our business. Now, we weren't the only ones. It was a lot of people. No, absolutely. Because I know I definitely had all of those entities and was previously teaching people how to do mm-hmm. Canva and do all of these, right. uh, you know, have all these things set up for yourself. Um, so that definitely was a opportunity to pivot into another arena to help people on a grander scale. Now, I know COVID was not a time period that you were in the Valley. In the clip that I played earlier, you talked about seasons (laughs) and how there's a season for everything. Even in times and moments of brokenness, of depression, of even thriving, it's for a season. Talk to us about the importance of being present in those varying seasons. Yeah, so everybody has a season for everything and every season passes. So I got to make sure that's clear for people to understand. People think you're in your season for a long time. It's not true. Normally you're in seasons for moments, literally for moments. It could be a couple of weeks and people don't realize they were in the seasons. COVID was a season for everybody. Everybody went through something and that was a season for something, whether it was for growth, whether it's for understanding. And so I think a lot of times when I go through my seasons, I try to understand what am I supposed to learn out that season? Because for me, I'm, I'm constantly going through seasons. I work with a lot of different people. So I feel like almost every time I work with somebody new, I'm in a new season because there's new people I have to learn and there's always a new experience I have to learn. There's always ups and downs. And um, last year I had a ton of seasons and I feel like I'm entering a new season right now. And I, I try to stay present and understand what am I supposed to learn? And also what do I want to learn? Sometimes we don't go into a season understanding we need to know what we need to learn too. There, there's a reason why everything happens. Um, I had to go through that a couple times in 2021. And even I started 2022 the same way. Like, what am I supposed to learn out of this experience? And um, But I have to make it clear, seasons don't last forever. Some people say, oh, I've been in a drought for 10 years. No, you've, you, you're in your own drought. Yeah, you ain't took the in. time to figure out why you're there yeah. <laughs> so you can get out of it. Absolutely. You know, and we have complete control over changing our life to to an extent, right? If you want to change something, you can change it. If you don't like the season that you're in, then make changes. And a lot of times people don't put the work into understanding what's happening, why is it happening, and how can I change this? You know, I had to do that myself. There, there was changes I had to make last year. I was overworked. I'm working constantly, literally have maybe two weeks off of the whole year in 2021. I'm going to 2022, not doing that. So, you know, you have to learn from everything too, because you got to have time to balance yourself out and time to understand what am I on this earth for? What's my purpose? What's my intention? What's my goals? And make sure that you're also, you're healthy for yourself. The devil is alive. 
You guys are tuned in to the Devil is a Lie podcast, and our guest is producer, director, and mentor, Angela White. I want to move us in the direction of sharing your Devil is a Lie moment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a time that you did not know how you were going to make it out of a particular situation, or even sometimes we have those imposterous thoughts. So what I would like is for you to share a time where you were either in the valley or having that devil is a lie moment, um, what it was, how you got out of it, and what was waiting for you on the other side. If we're truthful with ourselves, we have these moments all the time. I was working in a situation last year. I was very unhappy, very, very unhappy, unhappy with the situation, unhappy with the people, unhappy just as a whole and uh, in a deep, dark place. And that was probably a form of depression that was happening. And a lot of times when you're in those moments, your mind will play tricks on you. And a lot of times you just have to get out of the situation. That's what I had to do. Get out of physically the situation. I had to take control over my situation. Because what can happen with depression is it can start opening up health issues and other issues that don't exist. So, for example, when I was going through my dark period last summer, I started having heart issues. And as soon as I left the situation, my blood pressure became normal. And then I haven't had to take any heart medication since. So really stress... And pressure really lead to illness and death a lot of times. I've learned I have to remove myself from them. Have to. Whether that means you have to leave a job, whether that means you have to leave a relationship, whatever that means, because you will start playing tricks on yourself. You will start telling yourself you belong in this, you deserve this, this is all you got. And it's a lie. (laughs) Because as soon as you get on the other side and you get away from the situation, you're like, wait a minute, it's beautiful over here. You know, I went from being depressed and down to literally within three weeks of getting away from the situation to be like chilling in the pool and happy. So literally your life can change that fast, but you got to be conscious in the moment to remove yourself. And I think a lot of times we sit in places too long. I think sometimes people sit in those places because they don't know how to energize themselves out of that space. And that could be true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how were you able, and not even just in that situation, but in any situation where you're in that that valley moment, how do you energize yourself to press forward, to keep going, or to even take the time to say, you know what, I have to create a strategy to get out of this. I have a really good family and support system. You know, for me uh, to get out of even most recent situations I've been in, I had a very healthy support system of people who were like, you're not happy, leave. You're not happy, change it. You're not happy, Let's stop talking about it. Let's make a change. And I think that's accountability. And I think that's why a lot of people need accountability partners, because if you're going to be on the phone crying, complaining to people about the situation, you need people in your life who are like, I'm tired of hearing about it. What are we going to do about it? And that's what I had. And I made a a conscious change out of support system. As soon as I got out of my bad situation, my support system then took me away just to get my mind clear. It's very important who's in your life. Very, very important because your circle can build you or break you. And for me, I have to rely on other people. I have to. It's, it's not. It's, it's not a journey by yourself. There's no, there's no journey in this life by yourself. You need people you can trust, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, that will have your back in the darkest moments. And that's what I rely on. And I'm glad I got a very strong mother who I talk to every single day, who's very quick to speak her mind, and she's not afraid of her daughter in any way, and tell her what. <laughs> And that's what I'm blessed to have. She'll tell me in a minute, stop talking about it. Do something about it. Now, based on your valley moment, right? Mm -hmm. 
um, it was essentially leaving a job. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people who may be tuning in, they may not have the financial setup that you've established right. for yourself. So they are going to listen and say, well, she started the show off telling us all this money she got and mm-hmm. she's good, but that's not my reality. Right. So how do I remove myself from something that I'm almost stuck in, but I'm miserable? Yeah, and that's that's the breakthrough. There's not by accident that more Americans left their jobs last year by accident. Google the statistics, right? It's not by accident there's more entrepreneur, entrepreneurs now than ever. Not by accident. That's the breakthrough. And I think a lot of times you got to be in a position that's so horrible, so miserable, you don't want to wake up and see that boss ever again. That's the moment you get online and you start reaching out to people and finding out how there's another way. There's another way. There's another way. There's another way. I'm, I'm just keeping it very real. That's when I first started my businesses, this is like 20 years ago. I knew a nine to five was not for me. I just knew. And I started reaching out to people, finding, are there other ways to make money? Now the game might take you six months to a year to the goal. The first thing is acknowledging, I don't like my situation. Now, how do I get there? There is more free classes and education available now than ever. There are more people available to teach you and show you how to get out. When I bought my first house, it was sight unseen. It was a foreclosure. I didn't know anything about foreclosure. Somebody told me, hey, if you got some money, make an offer on this house. And I did. That was in 1997. Never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who are stuck in miserable situations, and I've met and talked to so many people like that, start your exit plan. It might take six months to a year. It might take two years, but you got to first be disciplined and committed to the exit plan. A lot of people talk about it, but they're not about it. That means there's going to be risk. That means you're going to have to step out on faith. That means things are going to be uncomfortable. It means you got to cut back on your spending. You might not be able to party as much, buy as much clothes. Let me tell you something. I still live in an apartment and I'm pretty well off. You got to read some books here, like Millionaire Next Door, all kinds of books out there. The richest man in Babylon. There's a re- there's a strategy to how people live. They live below their means. My bills last year were maybe two thousand a month. Everything. I own my car. I live in a very affordable place. I, all my bills are just what I spend: credit card, food, or what I have to eat. Because my rent is covered by my tenants. So that was strategy too. Because I'm in an industry that's not consistent. My industry is feast or fathom. Everybody knows that about entertainment. Everybody knows that about actors. If you don't just, you know, actors have gone broke. So you know it, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. knows this. So I knew a long time ago that I have to live below my means. That's a choice. I don't need to be out here flexing with a hundred thousand dollar car or a multi-million dollar house until my net worth, I said net, not gross. My net worth is at a certain place. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I never work for a year or two years, I still have to be able to live and eat and function. So there's a lot that goes into a rich mindset. A lot of people have to be willing to be committed to it. I like to travel. I like to do certain things. So I know I'd rather put my money into certain things. And I'm going to be very cautious on what I'm not going to put my money into. Very, very particular. And if you really study millionaires or study people of wealth, they always live way below their means. Mark Cuban just sold a company last year for billions of dollars. Talking about his celebration was just running naked. Didn't buy anything flamboyant and do anything crazy. Just look up his story. Still drives like a hybrid. You know, he's very funny about money. But if you know wealthy people, they're all like this. 
Mm-hmm. So you got to strategize and you got to plan. And I think a lot of times people are more into the show and not understanding this is a business. The life, your life is a business too and how you manage it. If you were to share three books with us mm-hmm. that we should read so we can get up to speed on creating that generational wealth oh, yeah. and that wealth mindset that we clearly need to be in. We're starting a new year. This gives us an opportunity to kind of start fresh, get some books under your belt. A lot of people brag about they've done all this at the end of the year, but like how much have you learned? How much have you gained? And how much of that information are you able to pass on to others? So what are three books that you would recommend um, for reading? First one, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I think that's a good one because it's an easy read. And people can see the corporate life versus the uncorporate life very quickly. Um, the other one is The Richest Man in Babylon, which I just mentioned, which is a great book on mindset. Um, there's also a habit book. Let me just tell you the name real quick about mm-hmm. how to change your habits. The reason why that's important, because you got to have some discipline. Literally, discipline will be the key. Um, the Power of Habit is another good book. That's by Charles Dueck. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, let me tell you who that author is. You guys probably have heard that book. That's a really, really good uh, basic book um, by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. And you can get the audio book and then The Richest Man in Babylon, which almost all millionaires read. Um, and the reason why I wanted to suggest a habit book, and there's another book uh, about habits too. I just can't remember what the name is about breaking habits. Because you really can't start your journey towards a rich mindset until you break habits. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest habit for you to break? Yeah, I still have a hard habit of still spending money. I still spend a lot of money frivolously. What does that mean? Because I already told you I'm still living in an apartment and I don't drive a $100,000 car, but I still spend money frivolously. And that could be just on eating out all the time. I eat out almost every day. So that, that for a certain business plan or financial plan, I would sit down, but like, if you stop eating out so much, you would save maybe $4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So there's some people who write down every single thing they spent. And the reason why they have you do this exercise for 30 days, because you're going to be in shock on what you spent. I spend too much at Amazon. Like I got to the point last year where it was just ridiculous. And I had to really try to make a conscious decision not to spend money online, just buying stuff. And I think a lot of us fell into that. Mm-hmm. And then Somebody's like, if you put this money in a high interest savings account or if, if you're a Roth IRA or you know different things that we have, it will make so much more money for you in the long run versus just buying senseless stuff on Amazon because you're bored. So for me, that's the habit I'm still trying to break. Now, let me ask you this, because I know that you've gotten heavily into the stock market and teaching yeah. people about investing. Yeah. And right now, the whole thing with like Bitcoin and like all of these things like being incredibly low because of the virus and now there's a new strand that's out. And so it kind of freaks out the market and things tend to drop. What are your recommendations for investing. Just an overview of like what you think people should be doing to spend and invest their money wisely today. Yeah, I think people should first start with a high interest savings account. A lot of times when you start talking about crypto, which is a Bitcoin is part of crypto, but there's a ton of other crypto that's Mm -hmm. better and cheaper than Bitcoin. But before you start getting into this more savvier 
a form of investing, learn a high interest savings account. It could be a money market account. It could be a money market account that you might make 3% fixed or up to 5% that you can't touch for five years without penalty. That can just be a challenge for you. You can get an Acorn account that's free. It's easy to set up. I think it might, if it's not free, it's like $5 a month and Acorn will invest your money for you. Okay, Uh, that's one thing you can get even an Ali bank account that has a higher interest savings account that will start just start making interest dividends each month. Um, Acorns actually pays dividends every month. And then I would start learning if you want to the stock market with the basics of investing before putting any money in it. The basics, same with crypto and then NFTs is really the new rave right now, right? Everybody's talking when about are, NFTs. Explain to us what NFTs are for the audience NFTs people. NFTs non-fungible um, token, okay? Um, NFTs you'll see like in art forms, like little monkeys or paintings and and NFTs are still a little confusing to me as well, but the NFTs have purpose and use. So a lot of times people will buy an NFT just because they thought this was a cool painting or art thing, not knowing there is a function for it. And what thing people like about NFTs is that you can make money off of it for life. That's what people like about NFTs. NFTs still, though, there's a lot I still have to learn on it because you still have to figure out what are the use for the NFT that you buy. How do you pick the right NFT to buy? You don't want to just buy a funky little painting and, and like, I don't know what to do with this thing. And it's supposed to be worth something. Um, but that is the new wave that people are going to. It's like metaverse. That's the new wave, you know, that Facebook and all these other companies are going in the direction. And you and you want to constantly be studying. Like I'm always studying. I have somebody, a part of my wealth builders who teaches us crypto and NFTs. He's been telling us about NFTs for a year now. People are just talking about it, but I knew about NFTs a year ago. So you also want to be on constantly educating yourself. I'm constantly educating myself because I'm in a lot of groups. You want to be in a lot of groups. I'm in Discord groups. I have a Discord group. I'm on Telegram in groups. Uh, There's Facebook groups. I'm not a part of any Facebook groups. I find they're too public, but there's a lot of groups out there where you can learn and engage with other people and just learn. And let me tell you, there's a lot of good videos on YouTube. A lot of people laugh at YouTube, but there are some solid educators on YouTube for free that you can at least watch the basics of what is the stock market. Or the basics of, okay, if I buy a share of Ford, which I'm a big Ford person, so that's why I'm going to bring up Ford. If I buy a share of Ford and I hold on to it today, Ford traded for about, I think it closed at $23 and 60 some cents. And if Ford might be worth $65, say in two years, I have doubled my money. What does that mean? You know, if you bought a share of Apple 10 years ago, Apple today is almost at $180 a share, which is hitting at. And today is not there, but it, it's traded at that. So what does that mean by holding, buying, and becoming a shareholder of a company? Because you become a shareholder of a company. And if you buy into a company that gives dividends, there's companies that pay dividends every month or a company like Ford that pays dividends every quarter. Apple pays dividends every quarter. You don't have to do nothing. You just buy the shares, hold them, and then guess what? Every quarter you're getting money. So like the platform you were mentioning before, Acorn, that's something that they it would do on your behalf as well? Acorn would do the investing for you. They'll set up your portfolio and then they'll reinvest your money into different portfolios for you. And then you get dividends. Acorn pays dividends every month on depending on what you're invested in. Um, What I found that a lot of times people use brokers to trade the stock market. But what we have found that you can educate yourself and do it yourself because you're paying these people a percentage of your money. 
Mm-hmm. Even if you're paying them 10% of your money, you start learning, wait a minute, I could just do this myself. I don't need to pay 10% of the money. You know, everybody knows what Robinhood is. Robinhood blew up last year. A lot of millionaires off of AMC and GameStop. That kind of just bro- broke in the retail, we tr- called retail traders, retail trade industry, where now you have everybody in their mama, you got kids trading the stock market because guess what? It's on your phone. You can do everything on your phone nowadays, but I could sit here and trade in the morning from anywhere in Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Paris, doesn't matter. I can trade and make money from anywhere off my phone. Even if you don't know anything about it, you can buy shares of your favorite company. If it's Starbucks, if it's Disney, if it's Netflix and just hold it, mm-hmm. do nothing. Just hold it. You know, read the book. Warren Buffett has a great book. There's so many books out there that will tell you the power of just being patient. Uh, Warren Buffett has a famous quote saying, the stock market is just an exchange of funds between the impatient and the patient. Very famous quote. Because Warren Buffett can hold on to shares for 30, 40 years. Everybody else is like, I need to get this money. Let me go spend it. (laughs) He bought stuff in the 90s, like Apple, when it's worth nothing and just Held on to it. There's a power in that. And I I still don't have that discipline. I'll be honest. It's hard for me to hold on to something after a year. The people who are patient, they're laughing to the bank. You might think you're making 20, 30%. That's more than what a bank is paying paying you. But people are laughing to the bank. Look into a Roth IRA or invest with your own company's IRA. Match the money. Match the money that your company is matching with you. Then if you trade out of an IRA, you don't have to pay taxes on it up to a certain amount. There's all these strategies, and sometimes your financial advisor, your accountant can go over them with you. But the first key is just start talking to people and start educating yourself, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's meeting other groups. There's so many ways out there to make money because we don't want to live in a society anymore where people are unhappy at their jobs. I think those days are over. That's what COVID has taught us. COVID has taught us. Let me tell you, it's not by accident that people can't find waiters and servers and all this other stuff because they're not paying a decent minimum wage to live. That's mm-hmm. what was uncovered after COVID. People were not making enough money to live. So if you're not making enough money to live, you're going to have to figure out a way to live on your own. And you got to teach your kids this. You can right. open up a custodial account for your children and start investing into them now, even if you don't know what you're doing, if you like drinking Starbucks, buy 10 shares of Starbucks and just let it sit until you learn what you're doing. Or at least open up a high interest money market account. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. The passion talking. is kicked in and pushing through. Sorry. Now, before we close out, is there a tip that you would like to share to help our listeners overcome imposter syndrome or adversity? I think the biggest tip I would say is self-belief. You gotta, you got to believe in yourself. I, I can't stress that. A lot of times people get caught up in adversity because there's no confidence. They don't believe in what they're saying. They don't even believe in themselves. And a lot of times when somebody tells me no, and I've been told no since the beginning of time in my industry. My industry was very male-dominated in the 90s. But I was so overly confident, borderline cocky. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of people get offended when I say that. But this, you, you got to have some cockiness on you. You got to be proud about yourself. Because ain't nobody else going to be cheerleading you like you. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you think. Even your mama's not going to cheerlead you like you. So you got to really feel like I'm the baddest. I can do this. Don't matter. It's me against the world. I'm going to do this. And that's a self-belief 
that is going to come internally. It might come from God. It's going to come from somewhere. Somebody can't give that to you. You have to find it because this world is hard. It's cold. It's ruthless. I'm not the sugarcoat one. So sorry, because I need people to understand that. Because once you understand that, everything becomes like, oh, whatever. Oh, he told me no. Okay, cool. Who else is next? Exactly. Let me tell you, oh, I hate this situation. I got to get out of it. And every time you keep building yourself up, I heard Puffy talk about this recently on the panel, that people will be in shock of the deals and money he's walked away from. I wouldn't be. Because he comes off like that type of person. Like, if it's not right, it's not right. It don't matter if it's a million dollars, $10 million. You can't buy me. Or even the Dave Chappelle situation, what, from 2006? Even million. Even now, yeah. People say he's canceled now. He said, good, I, I'm tired. I need a rest. That's a confidence that's godly a little bit. That something so deep inside of you, like, I know I'm going to be good. It's okay. And a lot of this comes with age. I'm going to be honest with you. When you're younger, peer pressure plays a big role. You really can care about what people think. Older you get, you don't really care what people think anymore. <laughs> Life gets real on a, on a different level. It just, it just does for me. You know, it just, I just don't care what people think because people aren't paying your bills. When you're really in trouble, they're not there. Are they answering the calls? Are they jumping in the car coming? And that's just keeping it real. It's not pessimistic. You just got to be real with yourself. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you got to take care of you. And so when adversity comes, cause it's going to come, it comes all the time. You still got to be able to sleep at night. Like I did my best. I believe in what I'm thinking. I believe in what I'm saying. I'm not killing nobody. I'm not, I'm keeping true to my integrity. And I'm um, walking in my truth. Yes. And you're walking. Absolutely. Walk in your truth. And walking your in your truth. Yes. Because when you start getting caught up in what people think and, that's why I say self-belief is so important. And we do this when we're young. I do that too. You're worried about what everybody thinks and, and even worry about what your parents think if you're young. You're like, oh my God, if I don't go to law school or if I don't become a doctor, my parents are going to disown me. You got to shake that off too. You know, you can't do, you can't walk in your parents' footsteps. You got to stand in your own two footsteps. And I think a lot of your people life for you. about truth. If you're not living in your truth, you will be exposed. It, you will be exposed. Adversity will expose you. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened with COVID real quick. COVID exposed a lot of people. COVID exposed marriages. COVID exposed friendships. COVID exposed relationships. COVID broke down families. COVID exposed people at some bogus jobs that weren't doing anything. And they realized, we don't need you. You're not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. What the hell have I been paying you for? So sometimes that was a big season for everybody. We needed that season of exposure. Mm-hmm. And some expose your own household. If you lose your job and you are broke a month later, let me tell you, COVID should have shook you up. COVID should have scared the hell out of you. Like, wait a minute, I can never be in this again. I know people right now, when they were talking about shutting down the industry again, people are like, good, I need a break. Because they saved up. They're not going to be in that situation from last year. You should have learned something from that situation last year. You should have toilet paper. You should have paper towels now. You should have plenty of food. You should never be in that situation where you don't have any supplies. Your essentials. Yeah, you should not be in a situation you don't have no money in the bank account saved. That COVID taught me that. Because think about it, we never thought we would live in a day and time where the whole world was shut down. Yeah. That was real. But I think we all needed it because it really kicked everybody in the butt. It was a wake-up call financially. It should have, if nothing else, shook you to the point where you said, am I living the life that I want to live? Am I happy with myself and what I'm accomplishing? Am I truly walking in my truth and my fullest potential? 
And I don't think a lot of people could look themselves in the mirror and say, yes, I am. No, I, you're absolutely right. Mental illness went up more, not that mental illness wasn't high anyway. It went up more than ever in the last probably two years now since COVID. I think a lot of times too, people couldn't live at home by themselves because then you only have to deal with yourself. It got really real. I knew a lot of people very depressed last year because they were just by themselves. They didn't know what to do by themselves. They were like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. But you have to spend time with yourself because the only time you get to learn yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you can walk in your truth. We'll look back 10 years from now and realize COVID was a turning point for everybody. Absolutely. I, I stand in agreement with you there. Now, before we wrap, how can people learn more about your backstage pass as well as your Wealth Builders program and just some ways that they can get connected with you? Easiest way is go to my website, MissMSAngelaWhite.com. Everything's connected there. Well, thank you so much for being a guest, Angela. I mean, we went from the entertainment industry to your latest projects into the financial and to some motivational um, conversations. So I really, truly appreciate you and um, the knowledge that you were able to share with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being on your new podcast. Congratulations to you. I know this is going to bless people's lives. You hear the right person speak. It can change your life. So thank you for uh, walking in your purpose and and creating this podcast that's going to probably change a lot of lives. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. The Devil is a Lie is a production of the Live Podcast Network, an entity of DC Media Connection produced by Angel Livas and engineered by Julio Gonzalez at Zymer.co. The Devil is a Lie. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Alive Podcast Network. We hope that you enjoyed today's show and remember there is greatness within you. And if anybody tells you any different, the devil is a lie. Until next time, be blessed. The devil is a lie.